How are you guys? I'm great. The heat is gone. It's gone. I, I probably just jinxed it, but you know. You know how it is here. Well, good morning, and uh, welcome again to... Good morning. Welcome again to the uh, Wichita Church of Christ. Thank you for being here with us this morning. You could keep this in mind. You could be doing anything this morning. But we are gathering together in Jesus' name to worship God. Right? Not that this is the only time, right? But it's a beautiful thing to be together like this and to, to come together collectively to sing, to pray. It's awesome. Awesome. Speaking of praying, let's do that. Let's pray. We haven't prayed yet together. Let's pray. Yeah, please bow your heads with me and uh, let's pray together. Our Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for breaking our chains, for showing us another way. God, you are wonderful. You are magnificent. You are so amazing. And God, we worship you. We worship you with our whole hearts, with our whole bodies, with all that we are and all that we have. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for bringing us to this place. God, we pray this morning that you can open our hearts to receive your message, to hear your word, Father. We trust in your spirit to speak to us through your message. This is all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever known someone that liked describing things to you, but... You don't even know where I'm going with this, but you're like, you already have somebody in mind. Have you ever been in a situation where someone was like trying to describe a movie to you and you just really couldn't grasp what they were talking about? I was trying to describe The Matrix to somebody, <laughs> to, a, to a brother who has never seen it. And I just, I was stumbling through it and I'm like, oh, it's so cool. It's so amazing. And they do this and they do that. Oh, man. I'm like, you just got to see it. You just got to watch it. Right? Has that ever happened to you? Or maybe you've been the, the, the perpetrator in that scenario? Yeah? Have you ever tried to describe a really good restaurant to someone or a dish? Oh man, what does it taste like? Heaven? What does that mean? <laughs> Angel tears. I don't know. <laughs> what does that taste like? What is it? You just got to go try it. You got to taste it. The gospel is kind of like that. I think there's absolutely an element where we do go out, we do tell, we do proclaim, but people got to experience it. People have to taste and see. Yes? We're going to be talking about that this morning, um, and we've been reading last week as a community, we've been reading through Luke chapters uh, 9 and 10, yes? Yeah, and um, man, I feel like I'm saying this every time. There's, there's a lot to unpack here, guys. There's a lot to talk about on a daily basis in, in groups, um, in, in the temple courts or wherever you're at with people. A lot to understand, to learn, to study. Um, this is a big whole preface to say <laughs> we're not going to be able to cover everything between chapters 9 and 10. Even within these passages, we're going to focus on Jesus sending people out. Jesus sending people out. Um, there's a lot of stuff here, okay? Um, let, let's, let's read. Let's read, and we'll get into it here. So Luke chapter 9. What's cool is, is Jesus showed up, and he began his ministry by, by reading from Isaiah. 
<clears throat> saying, I've come to set the captives free. I've come to heal. I've come. The Spirit is upon me to do these things. God has anointed me to do these things, to proclaim his kingdom. Yes. Yes, to be a light for the Gentiles. Yes. Yes. And he does it. And then something really cool begins to happen. He's been doing it. People have been watching him do it. And now he's going to be sending out his followers to go do the same. In chapter 9, starting in verse 1, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, uh, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people don't welcome you, leave the town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now let's turn to chapter 10. He sends out his 12 to go do that, yeah? Just the 12. But watch what happens here in chapter 10, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and there's some... There's some uh, uh, you want to get into it. There's some scholarly debate there whether it's 70 or 72, whether there's some connections to Moses there, 70, the 70 elders. Okay, gems. All right, 70. And sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field, Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Don't greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around house to house. What is Jesus talking about? What is he doing? Luke is emphasizing how Jesus himself, <clears throat> he proclaimed, he preached the kingdom of God, and he also helped people to experience and get a taste through healing, experiencing the healing that comes from the kingdom of God, yes? yes. Just as Jesus, do that, did, Jesus did that, he calls his followers to do the same. Right. Yeah. Don't you want the clout, Jesus? Is that, that's the term, yeah? Don't you want the, the popularity? Don't you want this for yourself, the power? He sends out his followers to go and do that. Jesus is different. Jesus calls his uh, followers to do the same thing he's been doing. To heal people. To cast out demons. Jesus is restoring. If you forget everything else, remember this. Jesus is restoring the world by helping people experience God's kingdom through healing. Let's jump in here. Let's dive in. Let's do it. You want to do it? Let's go? Okay. I mean, we're already here. Your Bible's already open. I hope. Luke 9, verse 1 and 2. Again, I'll read it one more time. When Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and, and cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. A lot of ands there, and. 
You know, this, this stems out of Isaiah like I referenced earlier. I, I think we talked about that when we were in Luke uh, 4, Jesus references. But let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Isaiah 61. What is this talking about? We're going we're gonna to read here a little bit. A little bit. <clears throat> when Jesus is in Nazareth and he's reading in the synagogue there, this is where he comes from. He was reading from this. 61 verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness, uh, release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor in the day of judgment of God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for all those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crowd of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a, a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. I don't know if I was ever, you know, if you ever had to start a hipster church, you should call it oaks of righteousness, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Let's stop there. This is a messianic prophecy. This is telling us how God's anointed one is going to, to work what he's going to do, what he's going to be like, how he's going to proclaim God's kingdom. And how is he proclaiming God's kingdom? Healing people. Releasing them from darkness. Helping them to see. Yes? Jesus does something amazing. He extends that commission to his followers. Jesus is not an anomaly. He's a pioneer. He's showing us the path. This stands for us today. There's two handles I want us to stick with this morning. The one we're talking about right now, we're talking about holistic gospel. Hol that's a popular word, yes? Holistic. What does that mean, holistic? Okay. Holistic. Oh, yeah, Lincoln, go for it. Okay. Okay, natural, authentic, yeah, yeah. Uh, All-encompassing, not missing, circular, not missing any components, yes? That's what we're going to get into right now. We're talking about the whole gospel. Maybe that's a better word to use. The whole gospel, holistic, get it? Ah. You know, uh, I think it doesn't take a whole lot to find out that we live in a, um, our, our culture, American Christianity, is very centered on proclaiming. We don't have trouble with that part as much. I was just at 21st and Amidon. There was someone posted up with a speaker and a microphone with the Jesus sign, and I, didn't, I couldn't even understand what they were saying. We don't have a problem with the proclaim part. I don't know if we always have it figured out, proclaiming in the right way. Right. Proclaiming what? Right. right? Just going out, there's this scene from The Office. I should... <laughs> That's never a good start. <laughs> but uh, Michael Scott, the main boss, he's getting to a point where he's like financially destitute. And they're like, you need to declare bankruptcy. So he walks out into the middle of the office. He goes, I declare bankruptcy. And they're like, you know, you actually like there's a process for that, right? 
that's kind of like proclaiming the kingdom of God. Do we just go out and yell like, Jesus is Lord? And then that's like, what is Jesus saying here when he sends them out? What are, you, what are we to do? Proclaim, yes, proclaim, Jesus is Lord. And, and heal. Our, 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 the Christian culture, especially here in the States, is very proclamation-centered. When we talk about sharing your faith, what does that mean? Man, I remember this one Christian movie. Went, a bunch of us went to the theater and see it, and at the end of it, it's like, text all your friends. Okay, text all your friends, comma, and then go spend time with them and be a light to them, show them the way. No, just text all your friends. God's not dead. Sorry, just putting it out there. You've probably seen the movie. Cool movie. Let's be holistic. People, speaker square on campuses. Oh, boy. Right? Do you guys get where I'm coming from here? You guys, let's just, let's just go for the jugular here. Emphasis on Sunday mornings. It's kind of awkward because this is a Sunday morning and we're here together right now. It's not a bad thing. But listen, listen. There was, there was a, the Gallup, Gallup, they do polls, they do surveys. Have you got Gallup? Yep, yep. Like a horse. Um, so they did a survey recently. Um, the New Yorker put out this article. They're referencing data from this research. Um, it's about what American Christians hear when they're at church. Pretty interesting article to, to read. A lot of research went into this. Wow. Not going to talk about all of it, but one of, the day, one of the things they found in their research after serving thousands and thousands of people is that when American Christians were asked about what they cared most about in their church, 75% said the Sunday morning sermons. What is the rest? What is the, what is the church for? <laughs> what is the church for? Are you with me on this? It's kind of ironic I'm saying this. I get it, right? 75% of American Christians care most about sermons over all other church offerings and functions. Why is that? Why is that? Look at social media. Do we have a problem proclaiming on social media? It's a little too easy. That's not holistic. That's part of it. The boldness and speaking truth is part of it, but that's not holistic. We get so hung up. We can, we can get so hung up on 1.7% of the week. Right. It's 90 minutes Sunday morning, 90, 90 minutes Wednesday night. 1.7% of the week. Church, Jesus is talking about sending out his people. Sending out his people the primary function of the church to send out and proclaim. Yes? Yes. Are you feeling this? I feel, I feel this. It hurts. Proclaiming ought to be the daily testimony where we share with our neighbors in various ways. You know, I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. Sometimes it's just coffee talk. Talking about life. You know, been in some conversations where, yeah, hey, I was catching up from someone I used to know. Oh, man, I forgot to invite them out to church. Wait, 
Is that the goal here? Is that the mission? What's the mission? What's the mission? To be a blessing. To be a blessing. You know, sometimes those, co- uh, those coffee talks or those, I don't know, you don't drink coffee, whatever, those moments between you and another person who doesn't know the Lord, know the Lord. Maybe they know of the Lord, but they don't know the Lord. Opportunity for you to just sit with them, same level. Sometimes it's a quick situation. I don't know, I've been in situations where people are like, oh, Ethan, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, you know, it's all God, right? It's all God. Sharing our testimony, proclaiming is dynamic. It's, It's dynamic. It's ultimately about pointing others to a different way. I was going to say of life, but that means too much right now. It's a different way of existing. Living in God's kingdom is a different way of being a human being. You know, if you say it's a different lifestyle, that means so many different things, right? So many different things. It's about a different way of existing. We must preach. We must proclaim. We must share a testimony. But it's got to be matched with giving people a taste. Jesus does that through healing. Jesus does that through healing. And I believe we're called to do the same. Very clearly, we're called to do the same. How did Jesus heal? Drawing near to people. Hearts knowing their hearts. Knowing their hearts. Yes, yes. Engaging with them. Extending grace. Extending grace. How do, so how, but how do we heal? How do we do that? You know, it's, there's, there's a few simple things here. Like I said, this is not definitive, right? This is just getting us thinking, provoking. It's being a healing presence to people in a safe place. I think we can draw this line between us and the Bible and say, well, they had the power to drive out demons and put the hands and heal. And, like, and those things had a purpose for introducing, for, for, for the kingdom of God to arrive here on earth through Jesus and his followers. But it, it evolves. It looks different today. It's, it's inward. It's inward. Yes. Have you experienced inward healing? It's passing on what we've experienced in healing. It's offering guidance to those around us. We've been equipped to the teeth. Y'all, not every organization or group of people talk about schema therapy. We've been doing that for how long? I'm talking about us here, locally. Guys, there's some cool things we've been equipped with. But it's not just for us. (laughs) It's to share. It's to offer those things, to offer insights. Yes? This is about healing of of our inner parts. You know, what's really cool about this, and and big shout out to Kyle Spears in Omaha. His ministry is so timely and so needed. It's been needed for a long, long time. He's, if you haven't watched any of his stuff, he has a channel called Truth and Trauma Theology. He's, he's taking his expertise as a professional therapist, counselor, with dealing with trauma, and he's building that bridge to theology. There's been a disconnect, disconnect in Christianity, the history of Christianity, right? There really has been. 
and it's so needed. Because you know what science, modern science, is finding about finding out about trauma, finding out about what we would call as Christians the consequences of sin. They have real impact on your body and on your mind. They really do. They're even getting to a point, there's been research done that racism over, racism over time, experiencing the effects of racism over time, can lead to mental health disorders. Guys, trauma, these things we aren't meant to experience as beings created by God, they have a real effect. And I think we get stuck in our head just because we don't smack people in the forehead and they get healed doesn't mean, well, I, I can't do that. That's not, it's a heart. Read Jesus. What is Jesus always dealing with? The heart. The heart. There's some real, real implications here. Yeah? It doesn't mean it's easy. It's not easy. It's hard work. It takes a community. Many of us have had the blessing of being healed by God, having our hearts changed and transformed. I remember who I used to be. I remember what I used to put on my MySpace page. MySpace. I, oh my goodness. Wow. I was going down a bad path. I know what my family history is like when it comes to trauma depression, mental illness, there is something very, very real, very, very real about experiencing that healing that Jesus provides. Amen? Yeah. we got to talk about this more. We've got to talk about this more. I know some people, I know some, some of us get tired of talking about it, but we can't stop. Right. We can't stop. We've been healed. Why have we been healed? so that we can get more, get more, get more. We've been healed so we can help other people to experience the kingdom of God, other people to get a taste, to show them what we've learned, to show them how Jesus has healed us. We experience ongoing healing yes. as children of God, yes? yes? For the sake of others. It's kind of like that, uh, you, if you're like in an airplane, they're like, if you are an adult, and we're in a crash situation, whatever, you got to put the oxygen mask on, your first, on yourself first, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. We're experiencing that healing. Why are we doing that? So that you can just be good and elevate as a person and go get yours? No. So that you can help bring that to others. Yeah. Amen. Ask yourself this morning, who have you been healed for? You call yourself a disciple of Christ. We've experienced the healing. We've tasted the kingdom. Who have you been healed for? I think that can help shift our focus. So shift our fo focus towards what the mission and purpose of the church is. Because all of us, we can get so caught up on, I need, I need, I need. Yes? Yes? I'm pointing to me. Jesus was both divine and human. The healing he provided was both spiritual and physical. So how do we do that in our current context? 21st century, Kansas, Wichita, where we are right now, yes? How do we, how, how, let's, let's bridge this a little bit. And mind you, I'll say one more 
time, the goal of this is to prov provoke, provoke you to think, ask questions, and we can come to a place together as a community. I don't got all the answers. The handle this morning is lamb life. Lamb life, yeah, yeah, kind of like thug life, but lamb life, yes. Lamb life, what does that mean? Where am I coming from with this? Go back to Luke 10. I think that's two strikes. I quoted the office, and then, I, and then I said thug life. I don't think you're supposed to do that when you preach. Okay. Chapter 10, verse 3. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Yes? This is important. We've got to get this. We live together with confidence in God for our protection. And that stands out against the world, you know. Jesus says, I'm sitting out like lambs among wolves. Being like a lamb, it's kind of like being like a child. If you were reading in Luke 9 earlier this week, you caught that when they're arguing, his disciples are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. What does Jesus do? Hey, kid. I don't think he did that. He's probably very, very kind to this kid. But he points to a kid who has nothing in this time and place. In, in this culture, in this time, kids have like no value really, until they're old enough to, well, what do you know, produce. There's, a, there's something there. But they have, they have no voice, no nothing. Jesus pulls a kid in. Being like a lamb is kind of like being like a kid. It's not something people in society, it's, even in that time and place, it's not something that was like, yeah, I want to be like that. And even today, I think that's the same. You know, lambs are, lambs are uh, they're not real good at self-defense. I haven't seen it. Uh, they're not really predators. I can't really defend themselves. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're overly trusting, or can be. Um, even almost, almost appearing aloof. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I think the world has enough predators, enough people that are trying to defend themselves. I think Jesus, is, this is what he's talking about here. Jesus calls us to go out like lambs. Lambs. Think about that for a minute. Go out a lamb. Out of all the animals, Jesus, you could have picked, go out like bulls. Uh, go out like, I don't know, what's cooler, like a lions and eagles. Yeah. Lambs? We eat lambs. Lambs, there's some cool things here. Lamb life. Lambs stick together. They stay together in flocks. They know each other very well. They're under the guidance and protected, uh, protection of a shepherd. Um, cool thing about the, the Near East culture, um, lambs are so trusting in their shepherd. In more of a modern-day context, um, it's typically... Uh, younger females are shepherds, like girls, 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 like preteen girls. They're the shepherds. And we're talking about like the Bedouin culture, people that live out in the deserts and stuff like that. It's the girls. They're the shepherds. And so they will go out, and the sheep will know their voice and everything like that. These girls, these like preteen girls or young girls, um, they take out like their little sister with them 
so the little sister can get to know, or, or the sheep can get to know their little sister's voice. So in case anything ever happens to her, or she goes and go off and gets married, or she dies, or something tragic, the sheep know another voice. The sheep know the voice. The sheep know the voice. The sheep trust their shepherds. They'll go graze, they'll graze in like a floodway. <laughs> and if the shepherd uh, knows, notices rain's coming or anything like that, they, they get the sheep out of there. The sheep don't care until the shepherd gets them out. They trust the shepherd to look out for them. Yeah? They're content with, uh, they're content with where their shepherd puts them. They focus on doing what they were made to do. I mean, eating, I guess, lambs, <laughs> grazing. <laughs> but what about us? We stick together. Jesus is saying we need to stick together. In chapter 10 and also in Mark 6, when he's talking about sending out his followers, does he scatter them? He sends them out in partners, two by two. You know, when we are like lambs, we can focus on our mission without worry. We can focus on our mission without worry. I think that's the point of when he keeps saying this thing, don't take anything with you. Don't take a bag or sandals or anything like that. Trust me. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. And that's in, I think, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that's in all of those. I'm sending you out. Don't take a thing. You're going to go somewhere. They're going to provide for you. You're going to stay there and they'll continue providing for you, you're going to have what you need. How many of us are trying to get to be in a certain place before we go out? Go out when I'm old enough. I'll be sent out when my debt's paid off. I'll be sent out when my kids are grown. I don't know what it might be for you. They're still aware of the wolves. Being like a lamb doesn't mean you're unaware. You're still aware. But are you concerned about it? Your shepherd's right there. Your shepherd's right there. Think of David as a shepherd. What did David say he did if his sheep came under attack when he's talking to King Saul? Then you talk about a lion. What do you do to that lion? Mind you, David was like a kid, too. The kid David taking down a lion? What? Spirit of the Lord was on him or something. You don't have to worry. God's got you. God's got you. Sent out as lamb among wolves. This might be a meditation. Lamb among wolves. What do wolves do when they encounter uh, opposition? They bite. They fight. They kill. Survive. Lambs are gentle. Lambs are, lambs are gentle. Lambs are committed. Be like lambs. Be like lambs getting sent out. We face our enemies. Jesus is saying, I want you guys to face your enemies with love and gentleness. I didn't send you out as a German shepherd amongst wolves or whatever. That wouldn't make sense. German shepherds in ancient Israel. 
There is a peace. Let me just cut to the chase here. There's a peace when we don't have to worry about our own sake, but solely on our purpose and our focus. I think too often, too often, especially maybe here in the States, Christians display themselves as people who have to protect their way of life against others. I'm just, I'm saying it. I'm just putting it out there. Like we got to protect our way of life from other people. Like we're building something like the nations build something. Guys, that's not what, that's not what's happening. That's not what we're doing here. That is not our focus. We're not building fortresses. God is our fortress. We're not trying to arm ourselves. The word is our sword. Do you feel this? Lambs among wolves. In reality, Jesus is calling us to focus on God's mission and leave the protecting to him. How badly does a world need Christians like this? How badly does a world need Christians like this? That are like lambs among wolves who trust in the good shepherd. Last thing here. I think it's worth noting that we've got to talk about maybe the, one of the bigger things here. Jesus doesn't expect you to do it all. He sends you out two by two. He sends you out with other people. This doesn't mean you, individual, need to go preach and heal, preach and heal. It, that's not what is happening here. We have different strengths, yes? We have different gifts from God, yes? Let's use them. How are we partnering together? How are we partnering together to better our community, to be a blessing to the world? Are we thinking about those things? Are we glued to the people that we're just most in common with, that we have most in common with? Do I think about those things? I'm really good at the proclaiming part. Man, I, I'm not so good with the healing conversations, leading people to that. Cool. Partner with someone who does. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. We're sent out together. The burden isn't on you alone to do everything. So what's the bottom line here? The bottom line here. God is restoring the world. God is restoring the world by partnering partnering with followers of Jesus to holistically, holistically share the news that a new way of life is here. That's what's happening in the ministry of Jesus, and that work continues today. Right now, it is happening. A couple questions to throw out to think about. Maybe these are just a starting place for you. What do you tend to focus on more? The proclaiming part or the healing part? Just for you. Maybe think about that. I don't, maybe I don't know is your answer. That's okay, good. Think about it. Because it's about balance, yes? It's about partnering with people, yes? And then what are some opportunities in front of you right now where you can holistically proclaim the kingdom? Maybe there's been someone you've been sharing your faith with in terms of proclaiming, telling them about God, telling them about Jesus. But what is an opportunity for you to sit with them and to help them experience a taste of the kingdom? A taste of healing.
we're going to have a time of communion together. And we're going we're gonna to listen to our shepherd. We're going to listen about the good shepherd. Uh, Twyla Burhau is going to come up and uh, read a passage and guide us in a communion. Um, and then I'll pray after her. taking notes <laughs> so I was not in my Bible app but um, so in John 10 1 through 18 I believe truly I tell you anyone who doesn't enter the sheep gate or sheep pen sorry by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep the gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of the stranger. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So Jesus said again, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. If a thief comes, oh, sorry, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that you may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, he leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay my life down so that I may take it up again. No one comes to take it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Let's pray. Thank you for shepherding us. Thank you for Jesus who knows us and that we can know your voice through him. Thank you for the protection that only he can provide, the, the love and the healing that only he can provide. 
Help us to dwell on your words this morning as we think of Jesus, as we think of what he means not only to us, but to the world, Father, for your, your good creation that you've created. Show us the way, Father. Help us to trust in you. Help us to understand your gospel in a holistic way, but also to share it in a complete way, authentically, from the heart, just as your son did. We love you. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.